grace and mercy and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. The Word of God that we consider together today is the Gospel from John chapter 14. And in the name of Jesus Christ who is the way and the truth and the life, dear fellow children of God, Is there anything worrying you today? Anything that is stirring up your heart with concern or anxiety? Are you or a loved one facing a challenge with your health? What about your children or grandchildren and the world they're going to have to live in? What about your own future and the troubles you may yet experience. By now you maybe are saying, that's, that's enough. There is more than enough to think about without having to think about extra things to worry about. But that makes the point, doesn't it? So often our hearts are stirred up like choppy whitecaps on a windy day. And that is exactly how Jesus' disciples were feeling in this Bible reading. Jesus had just told them that one of them was going to betray him and that soon he would be going to a place where they could not come right then. And as so many things were changing for them, Jesus could sense the fear stirring within them. And he said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. How could their hearts not be troubled at a time like that? Think of a time when we are hurting or fearful or missing a loved one, and somebody says, try not to worry. Things will get better. You'll be all right. And our first thought might be, how can you know? Can you guarantee that things will really be better? Can anyone? know or guarantee that you will be all right. Only one. The one who says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And listen as he gives the reasons why he alone can calm your troubled hearts. He says, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? So how exactly does Jesus calm your troubled heart? He does so by assuring you that he has gone to prepare a place for you. A place where you will be able to remain secure and safe forever. Jesus shows you here the future that he has prepared for you, you safe with him, where pain and sickness and sadness and death can never trouble you, ever again. Suppose that you're reading a book where the main character faces one dangerous challenge after another, but you look ahead and you notice that the story turns out well. 
And so you can read through each page and each challenge with the confidence that the person is going to make it safely through somehow. Jesus has shown you the final page of the story of your life, that you will be safe with him in eternal victory. And that assures you that he will bring you safely through to that heavenly place. But isn't that a place that you and I don't even deserve to be with each one of our sins? We dare to rebel against God, who is holy and almighty. Think how often we fail even to trust that Jesus is able to take care of us. We are simply not deserving of a place in the Father's house. And that is why Jesus had to go to prepare a place for us. And where did he go? Not directly to heaven but only by way of his sufferings, his bitter cross, even into a grave, before rising from death and ascending to the Father's house. By his perfect, obedient life, by his innocent, atoning death, he takes away the sins that would have blocked our way home to heaven. He covers us in his own righteousness so that one day our Heavenly Father will say, Welcome home to the place that Jesus has prepared for you. And Jesus does not leave it up to us to find our way there. He said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. Jesus says he will come back. He comes back in his holy word as he calls us to faith, calls us to his side to live for him and serve him. When we die, he comes back to take our soul safely to his side. And he will come again in glory at the end of time to raise our bodies so that our bodies too will live in our heavenly home. So, are you sure that you will be in heaven for eternity? Can we be sure of that? As Jesus told his disciples that they knew the way to the place where he was going, Thomas just wasn't so sure. He said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? We maybe wonder if Thomas had been listening to Jesus. Didn't he know that whoever believes in Jesus will not perish but will have eternal life? Thomas knew. But right at that moment, his heart was troubled and he was unsure of the way. Don't we have times like Thomas when our hearts are troubled and we don't know the way? I don't know how this is going to work out. Someone might say when they lose their job. I don't see how I will get through this. One might say when rounds of chemotherapy are scheduled. I don't see how I will ever be able to be happy again. 
someone might say when standing at the grave of a loved one. But notice that Jesus did not scold Thomas or tell him that he should have known better. Instead, Jesus spoke the words that Thomas needed and that we need to. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way, the one sure way. In our first Bible reading, we heard salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Only through faith in Jesus, by depending upon his innocent life and his sacrificial death, only is that the way to our home in heaven. Jesus did not come to be one of many ways that lead to God. He is the way. Nor did he come to simply show us the way to get ourselves there. He is our way. He is also the truth. Everything that is real and lasting and true is found in him alone. And he is the life apart from Jesus. Life is endless searching and never knowing how we would stand with God. But in Jesus, there is life to the full so that you know who you are and whose you are and why you are here and where you are going. In Jesus, life to the full is so full that you will still live even when you die. Now, there are some who object to these words that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Too exclusive, intolerant, they say. Are they right? For whom did Jesus come to be the way and the truth and the life? For whom did Jesus live and suffer and bleed and give up his life? No matter a person's language, or background, or race, or status, or wealth. God the Father gave his Son, who gave his life to be the way to heaven for all. Our Heavenly Father wants all people to be saved, and he will exclude no one who believes that Jesus is the way to heaven. As you believe, that Jesus is the way. You are securely on the way to the Father's house. But is there a way that we could be just a little more sure of this? That's what Philip was hoping for. He said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Think what Philip, as one of the disciples, had already seen. He had watched Jesus feed over 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. He had witnessed Jesus calm the winds and the waves with a simple command. He had watched Lazarus walk out of his grave. Shouldn't that have been enough for Philip? Jesus gently encouraged him. 
Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? All the words that Jesus had spoken, all the miracles that he had done were the proof that he was in the Father and the Father was in him. And so the proof that God in heaven loved him and cared for him and saved him was standing right there in front of Philip. But what did he do? He looked right past Jesus, hoping for something just a little more. Aren't we sometimes tempted, too, to look past Jesus and to look for something just a little more? It might go like this. Jesus, please heal my loved one so that he or she has more time here, and that will be enough. Or it might be like this. Jesus, life is so difficult right now. If you would just bless me with a little more money or a little more free time, that'll be enough. Or, Jesus, just let me get a good grade in this class. Let me make the team. Let me get that job. Let me stay healthy enough to enjoy my life, and that will be enough. But will that be enough? There's nothing wrong for praying for any of those blessings of God. But if I am depending on them to give me purpose and peace in my life and to calm my troubled heart, well, then I'm looking right past Jesus, who alone can give true and lasting life, who alone can calm my troubled heart. Notice how Jesus patiently helped Philip and helps us too. Jesus leads us to see that all we need is found in him. To see the proof of our Heavenly Father's love and care for us. Let's be sure never to look past Jesus, but to look to the one who once lay newly born in a manger. The one who went 40 days without food as he overcame Satan's temptations the one who perfectly obeyed every command of God, the one who was despised and nailed to the cross, and the one who rose from death with scars that prove that he has paid our way to heaven, where one day he will show us the Father. Until then, see your Heavenly Father's love and compassion for you in the words and the works of Jesus. See the one who lived and died and lives again to be your way to heaven. See the one who lives to prepare a place of endless joy and peace and life for you to be home safe with him forever. And whenever you are worried, I pray that you will always remember Jesus calms your troubled heart. Amen.